Penn State's offensive line and defensive backfield just got a hell of a lot better because of the class of 2023. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Penn State men's basketball and Quinnipiac right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for the price you'll love. Try it today. My name is Zach Seiko, your Locked On Nittany Lions host as always. And Penn State men's basketball does play Quinnipiac today, depending on when you are watching and listening to this. That is on the Big Ten Network, and because of weather in Pennsylvania, they're moving this one up to a 4.30 start time. That one was actually supposed to be at 8.30. They're moving it up a few hours. So because this is your first listen today, you'll know right out of the gate that Penn State and Quinnipiac are playing a little bit earlier. But let's get to business, right? Penn State's class of 2023 is set I, I do want to talk about Franco Harris and the legacy that he is leaving behind. So that is coming up in this segment as well. But we are going to lead off with the Penn State class of 2023. The second segment, I'll discuss some of the players individually about who I'm most excited for. And in the final segment, we'll cap it all off with an update on Penn State wrestling. I know that there's a lot of Penn State wrestling fans out there, and I don't want to neglect arguably the best sport in all of the country. Kale Sanderson has turned this program into a dynasty and they're chasing after another team title for this season and all the individuals that could go along with it and be up on the podium. And that will be in the final segment after they just defeated number five, Iowa state where the team is headed in some of the takeaways from that. But the Penn state football recruiting class of 2023 is set. It's not set in stone yet. They can still add some people. And there's a player that uh, didn't decide to, to jump uh, to be with the gang. Uh, he's still going to make a decision. We'll get to that in just a moment. That's Conrad Hussey, by the way. Conrad Hussey has not made a decision yet, uh, but could in a few days. Maybe he waits until February, but he actually has until December 23rd to make a decision. But the ones that have committed, the ones that are officially signed, Penn State's got 22 players in the class of 2023. They're ranked collectively 13th or 14th, depending on where you're looking. That's pretty much the average ranking at about that spot. They're just outside of the top 10, and they're second in the Big Ten, and only behind Ohio State, which isn't bad. Uh, now you, you want to be ahead of Ohio State, but think about this for a second. They have a better class than Michigan. They have a better class than Michigan State. They have a better class than Maryland. That's not hard to do. Uh, same with Rutgers. Uh, but they have a better class than Nebraska, Wisconsin, programs that are renowned in the Big Ten that have seen a lot of success over the years. And Penn State is number two, consistently top three, at least in these past few recruiting cycles. So those 2022 signees are, and I have a whole episode devoted to going through the play player profiles, and that does include Conrad Hussey, because he was verbally committed, he actually still is. But these are the 2020, these are the 22 signers for the class of 2023. Alex Birchmeyer, Lamont Payne, Mega Barnwell, Joey Schlaffer, Anthony Donko, Javen Williams, Andrew Raplia, Jamil Lyons, Tyreek Blanding, King Mack, Dakari Nelson, Elliot Washington, London Montgomery, Tony Rojas, Tamir Robinson, Carmelo Taylor, Jackson Smolik, Zion Tracy, Joseph Mapoyi, Mason Robinson, Kavion Keys, and Cam Wallace. Those are all the official commitments 
They are the signees in the class of 2023 with still some more to come. You know, this is the early signing period that took place yesterday, uh, Wednesday, December 21st. And you still actually have time until tomorrow, December 23rd. Uh, and then there's the second, there's the later signing period, which is open from February until April 1st. That's a, that's a large window, but hypothetically, Penn State could still add some commits. The takeaways from this, you know, look, everybody's raving about the offensive line, but I got to say the defense, this, this class is stacked with defenders all across the board. You got edge rushers and defensive ends. You got three very quality linebackers. You have a defensive backfield that, yes, you would like to go get that other player in Conrad Hussey, but you got five very quality defensive backs. Now we're seeing the true impact of Manny Diaz and, of course, to go along with Anthony Poindexter and Terry Smith because they basically told those defensive backs, you can be the next Joey Porter Jr. You can be the next Jair Brown, the next Jaquan Brisker, a guy that we trust with all that responsibility. Just look how they're cranking out talent. Talent. They're developing guys. They're sending them off to the NFL. That's that's a winning message. You know, all the NIL stuff aside, at, at the bottom line for a lot of these kids, they want to play football, and their dream is to get to the NFL and have a great career. Sure, NIL is going to be a factor. You want people. There's going to be people out there that are going to chase the money, but Penn State isn't going to throw it at you. They're going to give you the opportunity to go earn your spot in the football field, earn your spot in the NIL market. And I, and I think that's what's the winning message here. And you have a lot of, at, for these kids, for this group, they are mature beyond their years. And on top of that, it, it's the, the character, their character. I want to get into a story about Alex Birchmeyer uh, in particular, uh, but this is a stacked defensive class. And part of that, now I'm going to rave about the offensive line. You got the, arguably the top two, the best offensive line commits in this class. I know there's other kids like Caden Proctor. Don't get me wrong. But uh, if we're being honest, Birchmeyer and Williams are top two, honestly. I would say top five at the lowest with what they can do, especially with their versatility. You can move Williams inside. You can move Birchmeyer outside. It sounds like they're both going to start at offensive tackle first, and then they'll see, you know, where they're going to move them around and stuff. But it's that versatility. It's that athleticism. I've heard from uh, just watching other film study and people that have broken down Alex Birchmeyer's tape is that he's just so technically sound. Like you don't have to really teach him anything. Sir, you're going to fine tune those mechanics, but he comes in with a college ready body and on top of that, he's coming in with mechanics that, you know, you your veterans would start to pick up on. Right. So these are incredible gets. I, I don't think enough people are talking about this point, but I think it's a win that they got two running backs in London Montgomery and Cam Wallace. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice to still have Montgomery, but getting Cam Wallace at the end of this early recruiting cycle period or early national letter of intent day. Uh, that that is a win for Penn State. The depth, it, it sounds like Kevon Lee is going to be back, but now you have a depth chart with five guys that are all in, six, I should say, to include Tank Smith. Uh, all six of them from Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen and Kevon Lee, now with Cam Wallace and London Montgomery in the fold, and Tank Smith. Like the running back room just got insanely better with the addition of these two. And they're, they're going to redshirt and they're going to learn, but you have them as options uh, down the road. Now, it, it is a little concerning that they did only get one wide receiver. And Carmelo Taylor, heck of an athlete, 
they say they're already saying that he's going to be faster. He's faster than KJ Hamler at this point in time. So hopefully he can add on top of that speed, but comparing the two when they first started out as high school seniors, right? Uh, getting one receiver, I would have liked to have seen two, maybe three in this class, but you can't get everything you want. I think Penn State hit the home runs with the defensive backfield, getting three linebackers and three offensive linemen that were key. But you also don't, you can't really complain because they got three tight ends. They got Schlaffer, they got Raplia, they got Mega Barnwell. And the jury's still out on where Mega Barnwell is going to play. Uh, he's been uh, included with the tight ends, included with the offensive group could slide potentially to offensive tackle if you can believe that because he's just got great size. He's six foot six. He's 250. He can easily add that offensive lineman weight. It's also a really good defensive tackle, and that's something I brought up in other episodes because other experts actually project him better as a defensive tackle. So you you got a class that's just really diverse. I think they can have the instant impact ability, maybe not the same as the class of 2022, because you just you set the bar high with with Singleton and Allen and Abdul Carter and denied Dennis Sutton, Drew Aller. I, I, I get it. It's going to be hard to match that. But I think some of these guys could play right away. Tony Rojas could play right away. I think Javen Williams, if he's thrown into the action, he won't start necessarily because there's not really a starting spot for him. He'd be able to handle his own. If it's same with Birchmeyer, if you throw them in right away. Uh, so Elliot Washington, like this, this class, Dakari Nelson, I could go through the entire list of the 22 and say why they'd be okay if they made it onto the field, not necessarily in a starting role, but in, in some capacity. But that's what Penn State wants to do. Stack the classes, and they're doing that. They're stacking these recruiting classes and building depth along the way. Uh, so this isn't the end. Uh, Penn State can definitely pick up some other recruits. Conrad Hussey is going to be the main target, but they could pick up some other guys in the process. Now, who is enrolling early? Javen Williams, Alec Ber Alex Birchmeyer, Anthony Donka, Jackson Smolik, Joey Schlaffer, Mega Barnwell, Tamir Robinson, Tony Rojas, Zion Tracy, and Elliot Washington. So those are all the guys that will be enrolling early and getting a head start with Penn State football. Uh, with that all being said, I'm going to save some more on the recruiting class for the upcoming segment. I, I do want to devote some time to Franco Harris. And Franco Harris, of course, is a legend. We all know that. Passing away at the uh, age of 72, may he rest in heaven, may he rest in peace. Uh, December 21st, 2022, he passed away. It is very unexpected. I mean, this was so surprising to me. You read some of the news, and just hours before his death, Harris was actually doing a radio interview with Chris Mad Dog Russo on his show on Sirius XM, and it was Harris's last known interview, and it was so unexpected really doesn't do it justice. You know, everyone's just kind of shocked because you're caught up in that emotional, you're really happy for the future, but somebody very important and very dear to not only the Steelers community, but to the Penn State community, I think people forget that um, he, he doesn't get to have that future. And, and it's just, it's very, very sad, very disheartening. Uh, visited Penn State just a couple weeks ago. Like he was around, he was active. There wasn't, there weren't really any signs that he was slowing down or anything like that. He was set to have his number retired by the Steelers over the weekend, commemorate the immaculate reception. It's the 50 year anniversary. And just days before he passes away, uh, class of 1990 NFL hall of fame, Fullback at Penn State, running back with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he loved Joe Paterno. 
like he loved Joe Paterno. He played for Joe Paterno. You know, why not? I, I mean, and he gives Joe Paterno a lot of credit for the immaculate reception because if, if you've heard Franco Harris talk about it, Joe Paterno said, always go to the football and good things will happen. Great things will happen that day. They beat the Oakland Raiders, right, in 1972. So it's hard for me to to give justice truly in, in what I have to say to Franco Harris because I never met him. I never had the privilege to get to meet him. So I only know the legend. I only know the stories of Franco Harris, the impact that he had, the hearts that he touched of other people. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of his word. He always stayed true to his roots. He gave back to Pittsburgh. He gave back to Penn State. He was an icon in both of those places. So it, all the people that he was involved with, you know, you just have to remember to, if you didn't get the chance to be around him, you look up to the legend of Franco Harris from the on the field heroics to the off the field philanthropy and just giving back to the people that helped him where he started. And uh, like I said, may he rest in peace. Uh, and certainly his, his legacy will live on forever. We all know that. And you've, we've seen the impact just around the community of football as he's been very much discussed uh, and shown how, how important he was to people that value what he did for the sport and, and what he's just done in general for the people that he's been around. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. And like I said, I wanted to be able to offer that tribute, but we will get back into the Penn State class of 2023. The future is bright for the Nittany Lions, which players that I think could have the biggest impact that is coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me. If you haven't already, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're now over 550 subscribers. I didn't even set a new goal, but thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it here on the YouTube channel, of course. And if you listen to us, uh, leave a review for Locked on Nittany Lines. I would really appreciate that. Any feedback in the YouTube comments as well goes a long way. It helps me make the show better uh, for you, the listener, and the viewer. All right, so I'm going to talk about the, the prospects that I'm really intrigued by coming out of the class of 2023. But before I get to that, I think it's important to kind of just provide an update on Conrad Hussey. Uh, people are probably scratching their head because I certainly was with all the news that was coming out. Uh, Conrad Hussey, four-star defensive back, uh, safety, could honestly line up at corner, um, decided not to commit on early signing day. And honestly, that was really surprising to me anyway. I mean, once you heard the news, you kind of figured out that it just wasn't going to happen, but he actually could commit anytime. So maybe when you're watching this video, he's with Penn state, he's with Florida state, he's with Miami, whatever. Uh, but that's where the, this is the early signing period, the windows, the 21st through the 23rd. 
Um, the next chance to sign is February 1st, 2023, and then has all the way until April 1st, 2023. So then he's got two months to figure out what he wants to do. He's been verbally committed to Penn State since April 25th, 2022, and he's still technically committed <laughs> to Penn State. He hasn't announced otherwise, so he's still a verbal commit to Penn State, but it's down to the Nittany Lions, it's down to Miami, it's down to Florida State. Now, this is what I heard, and this is what I saw. He was all in on Florida State and prediction specialist Crystal balled him to the Seminoles and Mike Norvell. Uh, he told Penn State and Miami that he was going to sign his national letter of intent to Florida State like it was a done deal. And it just never happened. Just never happened. Then there was a report put out that now it's down to Penn State and Miami and that Florida State's not even in the fold, right? <laughs> make it make it make sense okay I, it, it's high school recruiting this is nil hard at work uh this is my guess i don't i don't have this is nothing other than a theory i don't have any hard news to back this up but my guess is that miami had extra money lying around in the collective they missed out on some of their first targets so they said you know what we got some money left in the bank why don't we go get conrad hussey right uh which i get in this case of NIL, I don't blame students. I don't blame these college athletes. I don't blame these high schoolers, these families wanting to go after the money. You know, it's right there. Someone's willing to offer it to you. But in this case, doesn't it make it seem like you're the consolation prize? Right. Oh, we missed out on our first target. So now we have the, that collective money so it can go to you. Fine. Go, go get the money. But do you really want to walk into a program where it's like, yeah, we didn't really want you at first, but since the other guys weren't available, we went after you uh, anyway. Penn State wanted you all along, and, and that's why you committed there because you knew and you went through the process and everything. And then Miami and Florida State just kind of try to swoop in late because they got some extra funds. I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I've never had that kind of money thrown at me. So I, I don't know that that's just a theory. I, I don't want to really assume, but just the way Miami operates, they've, uh, they've been rumored to throw hundreds of, I mean, not hundreds of millions, but uh, let's take a one kid, Jaden Rashada, who ultimately committed to Florida. Uh, Miami offered him $9 million out of the collective. That's just an example. King Max in this Penn State recruiting class, you've signed. Go get your teammate. This is a PSA to go get Conrad Hussey and bring him to Happy Valley. Okay, so along with King Mac, and, and I like him already that much just because he has the capability of doing that. But these are some of the other prospects that I like in this class of 2023. Now, I've already raved about them already, but Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer, uh, they just, they're athletic freaks. They can play anywhere on the line of scrimmage. Franklin wants them to start their careers at tackle and then move them wherever they add depth to the offensive line. And, and we saw how banged up it got in 2022. So these guys are even more valuable. And honestly, this makes, I, I would go as far to say that the defensive backfield for Penn State and the offensive line just became their best position groups. And running backs, obviously up there because of Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. But if I'm being honest in terms of depth, offensive line might be the most surefire thing. The defensive backfield with all the cornerbacks and safeties, you have Kalen King already you, uh, yeah, you're losing Joey Porter jr. But now you have guys that could just, 
immediately step into a backup role, which we saw these other guys in the past, Johnny Dixon do, Marquise Wilson, Zachy Wheatley, Jalen Reed. Now those guys move up to the first string, and then these guys come right in. These are the kinds of plug and play, but the offensive line, this is a major strength. And honestly, I, I am going to go on record and say that offensive line is the best position group that Penn State football has for the 2023 season. That is easy to say. And Williams and Birchmeyer do just that. Now, this is the story I want to share about Alex Birchmeyer because James Franklin talked about it in his press conference uh, after recap the whole National Letter of Intent Day. And he said that <laughs> Alex Birchmeyer and his family were so on board with Penn State that they told him not to come to the games to not recruit him even further because they were so locked in to this class that they said, go put your energy towards getting the other guys and making this class better. The people that needed it, the extra convincing or just to show some love to the other guys because the Birchmeyers were already sold on going to Penn State. Like that is how that was how involved Alex Birchmeyer is was and those efforts I think went a long way but they basically said don't come to the games it's not necessary we're all in go to other players games so that you can get them and make this class even better and I just thought that was really interesting that's something James Franklin had told us some of the other prospects I am excited about for Penn State uh, King Mack and Elliott Washington you were getting two instinctive guys you're getting guys with speed you're getting guys that aren't afraid to make plays. And Elliot Washington's really fast. Like King Max fast, but Elliot Washington's really fast. And that's going to go a long way. And both can either play corner or safety. So we've already kind of talked about the diversity in the class between the linebackers, between the O-line. How about the defensive backs? And that's why I'm calling them DBs because they can play anywhere. Tony Rojas is... If I'm being honest, I, I've, I've raved about him a little bit in, in these podcasts and on other, other shows that I've done. Tony Rojas is probably my favorite prospect. Just watching the tape, just go watch the high school tape. I think he can play right away. I uh, he's was amazing as a running back. He won all Metro offensive player of the year. And that was from the Washington post. So he's got high praise. Like the, the production was there, but now he's going to be a linebacker and that helps him because he undersides understands both sides of the football. He's got great vision. He's enrolling early. That's going to go a long way. If there are any weaknesses at linebacker going into the three spots next year, I, I don't think there's going to be any concerns with Abdul Carter and Kobe King's spot, but Jonathan Sutherland's moving on. Who And we don't know the status of Curtis Jacobs. If those two players are confirmed to move on, we know Sutherland, but if Jacobs isn't going to come back, that leaves an open spot. Does Tony Rojas slide right in with all that extra practice being with the team? Time will tell. I, I've talked about how important it was to get two running backs and London Montgomery has to be one of my favorite prospects just because I think he would have been a consensus four star if it wasn't for his torn ACL. He had to miss his entire senior season. I feel bad for the kid, but he's going to re it, it's just a matter of rehabbing. He'll redshirt. He'll have time to develop. He's not going to be asked to do a whole lot right away, but I think Penn state might've gotten a steal of national signing day with London Montgomery. If he's able to recover and be at full strength once again, and then I'll just go out here. This is kind of just based off the potential, but Joseph McPoye, and he's an athletic freak. We've kind of already addressed that when he committed uh, just recently, and we gave a little bit of a player profile on him. But James Franklin compared him to Adafi Owe. So if that's the case, that already excites me about his potential. And he's got the size already, six foot five, 230 pounds. He's very fast. He's got a great first step. Uh, so that 
those are all the prospects. I, I could, like I said, I could tell you about all 22, but if you're asking me to pick out maybe a select few, those are the guys that I think could really be the highest uh, in this class when all said and done. It is Locked On Nittany Lions. This is the class of 2023 recap episode, but also we need to catch you up on Penn State wrestling. They just came off of a dominant win, uh, two dominant wins over at the Collegiate Duels in New Orleans, and they beat number five Iowa State. Let's talk about that right here next. Welcome back to Locked on Nittany Lines. I'm your host, as always, Zach Seiko. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. You can also follow the show at Locked on Nittany. Zach Seiko and Locked On Nittany. Penn State Wrestling still undefeated. They're having a great start to the season. They dominated the collegiate duels. They were the Blue Pool champion. They split them up into Blue Pool and Red Pool. They invited so many schools down. And Penn State faced Central Michigan. They faced North Carolina. And they faced Iowa State. And that was a battle that I was. I got to listen to it. I actually listened to Jeff Byers, who's the voice of Penn State Wrestling, call that match. And it was from start to finish. Uh, very exciting. They just beat down Central Michigan 50-3. to They beat down North Carolina 37-3. to And it was a pin fest against the Chippewas of CMU. Seven pins in that match against them. And then Iowa State, probably the toughest test so far. That was 22-12, to the final score. And Iowa State was missing some starters. They had to forfeit at heavyweight because there was an injury. So Penn State won that, that match, and it looked pretty convincing, but I think at full strength, I think the Cyclones would have been even an even tougher test, if you can believe that. Uh, my takeaways from the collegiate duels at 125 pounds still doesn't really strike fear into opponents. Uh, Gary Steen is struggling. Those uh, Penn State could have had a complete sweep of both Central Michigan and North Carolina had it not been for a slip up at 125. Uh, Gary Steen. He, he's trying out there. He's struggling. Robbie Howard, I think, was going to be the starter, but he had the season-ending injury uh, in the offseason. So uh, Gary Steen's just going to have to get better and really become an anchor at that 125. Uh, there was a surprising loss by Aaron Brooks at 184, uh, and that, that, that was crazy to me, the whole sequence, because number one and number three went down at, at 184, and Brooks is number one. Trent Heidley, number three, out at NC State. They both lost at the collegiate duels. And Aaron Brooks was almost pinned. Uh, now, he did face good competition. It was number four, Marcus Coleman, who actually moved down from 197. 9-7 was the final score. It looks closer than it was, but I think uh, Coleman really took over uh, in the second period, and that near pin uh, really uh, – Aaron Brooks wasn't really able to recover from that. But here's the thing about Aaron Brooks. Uh, he's going to become stronger because of this. Uh, he'll go into the rejuvenation chamber, and he's going to get back at it. I, it was also when he lost to Miles Amin. He, he bounced back and that was in the big 10 championship. Then he goes out and he wins an NCAA championship last year. So I have no doubt in my mind that this is actually a good thing for Aaron Brooks. He's not going to dwell on this. Uh, the, you do, you don't have to doubt him. Uh, the youngsters, Alex Facundo and Levi Haynes, they are legit. Uh, Alex Facundo just uh, is able to, he's able to handle his own, even against the better wrestlers like the top. He's number 14 right now, but in terms of the top wrestlers that he's faced, he, he was able to go up against a David Carr, a David Carr who won a national title not too long ago at 157. Now at 165, he's looking for that next one. And Facundo really gave him a run. 
And then Levi Haynes, I mean, you're talking about a true freshman that's come in right away. There's been some injuries at 157, but he's stepped up and he's performed very well. At 197, Max Dean, he's bounced back. He's recovered. He had that cold streak. Everyone was talking about him and saying, what's going on with the former national champ? And he's recovered very well. For those who remember, he lost to Michael Beard. Michael Beard was basically forced out of that spot at 197. So that was a revenge match for someone who's now at Lehigh and they got to face each other. I think that was a wake-up call for Max Dean because he beat the number two wrestler in the country of Yonger Bastida at Iowa State, 4-1. to one. So a convincing victory and a good bounce back, and now he's back on the hot streak. And then we're going to go back a few weights, but Shane Van Ness and Panero Johnson – that's the future of collegiate wrestling right there. That was very entertaining. It's as exciting as it got. Three to two, Panero Johnson ended up beating Van Ness. But honestly, I got to think that Van Ness should have won, maybe even forced extra time because the way he was just, just attack. He was on the attack. Shot, shot, shot. He wasn't landing them, but no stall warning against Panero Johnson, which I thought was kind of surprising. But uh, that's for another day. It depends on who the referee is. But Van Ness should have been... a. Uh, a little, he, I think he had the advantage, but they didn't ultimately give it to him. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. If you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, help us get to 600 subscribers here. Leave any feedback in the comments section down below. Like this episode, share it with friends and family, and I'll talk to you tomorrow here on Locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked on Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. You'll be on the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.